What's up, everybody? In today's episode, I am doing another mock draft, this time a 12-team points league mock draft 2.0, and I've got John Binkle with me here from the Apples and Genos crew and 10 beautiful people from our Discord here at Apples and Genos. We're going to be talking draft strategy, average draft position values, and our listeners snipe me like they're Bradley Cooper. Oh, my God. So uh, this is content you need to get the edge in your drafts, all right? Let's get to biz. This is Apples and Genos. You are listening to Cream of the Crop. everybody to another episode of cream of the crop a fantasy hockey podcast presented by apples and genos you come for the apples you stay for the genos you know what i'm talking about all right i'm your host blake creamer please follow me over on x slash twitter it's at blake creamer ag and also get your biscuits into the apples and genos discord to speak with like-minded fantasy managers and a bunch of beautiful people oh my god just popping off all the time all right plus we are doing some best ball leagues in there, so you can get in and scratch that draft itch if you uh, feel so inclined, all right? Um, we have an awesome episode here for you. I got my boy, John Binkle, here to do a mock draft with me. It's a points league mock draft. Johnny, how you doing today, buddy? I'm wonderful, buddy. It's the uh, first NFL Sunday today. Got the birds on. Got a Vancouver Canucks sweater on for you. Got a nice Oktoberfest in my hand, and I'm ready to do some mocking. Let's do it. Buddy, that sounds amazing. All right. I, you know, I just spent the morning like with a bunch of screaming kids. So um, you're living my dream right now. All right. And okay. I, yeah, that, that sounds nice. Um, That's all right. And John has already said, uh, he's already prefaced that he's going to be a little bit distracted because the game's on. So we might be able to take advantage of, of old Binks Maybe. here today. So we'll, we'll see where we're at with that. There are commercials. I'll do okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, um, we are doing a this is our second points league mock draft. We've done some other ones and it's it's gone really well. Uh, they've been really well received. So we got uh, 10 beauties from the discord in here. So we'll be, uh, you know, thrashing on your picks uh, all day, right? You better watch yourselves. All right. And you better not snipe myself or john. Otherwise, you're on notice. You know the drill. All right. You get booted from the discord. John, back me up on this. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I love that. There you go. I've been waiting to do that. Yeah. You know what? After every pick, that's what we should do. Just, oh, yeah. Well, but for each yeah. other. Like, we'll cheer for each other. You know what I'm saying? Um, all right. We, we got to get into business here. I, I'm yammering on. So, again, this is a points league. Uh, same scoring as previously. All right. So, um, it's a couple uh, scoring. It's I, I had it up here, and now I don't have it, for the love of God. Let's take a look. This is good podcasting right here. So we're going to do that. Um, so for points, oh, no, this is not where I wanted. So basically, it's a couple of league scoring. Um, I'm getting rattled over here. So, oh, yeah, now this is uh, – it's 4.5 for a goal. Johnny, do you have those those scoring in front of you here while I mess around with this? Because I'm clearly uh, not functioning properly. I don't, but I'll pull it. Let's do it. Um, yeah, basically, it is uh, – 4.5 for a goal, I think, 3 for an assist. You got 0. 0.5 for blocks, 0. 0.25 for hits. I think you got 0. 0.25 for shots too. Um, and there's no special team points. It's really interesting. Um, so no power play points. So that's kind of that's what we're rolling with here today. So it's just your standard points league and your standard goalie categories as well. So, yeah, basic stuff. Um, a lot different than a, than a category league for sure. Johnny, real quick, um, do you have any kind of different strategies you employ for a points league as opposed to a category league? Um, 
for points, I tend to lean more toward players that are uh, soggy boys rather than than all around power forwards or, or offensive defensemen. I lean a little bit further into the the first uh, third of the draft for um, offense rather than defense. Obviously, goalies are getting a pushback. Um, for me, it's really mostly about just pure offensive weapons in mm-hmm. points leagues and the players that that have the the power portion of their game that are getting hits and blocks they get a slight bump mm-hmm. but it's really more of on my short cue list of these two players which it's going to be they're not going to be really rising up the ranks like you see in a bangers cats or even a heavy banger weight league yep yeah for sure i always find myself kind of reaching for power play performers like kind of starting there but okay. it, I mean, in this scoring and in Cupful, they don't do power play points. So, but it's still kind of, it still kind of rings true, right? If a guy's, you know, getting a bunch of power play points, he's still getting the assists and goals. You just don't get the extra points for the power play stuff. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. It's not bad, but um, yeah. So uh, Binksy and I, I'm out of the, I'm out of the four spot here and uh, Binksy is in the eighth spot. So yeah, well, we'll see what's up, but we got the first guy up here, Connor McDavid, number one overall in every format. It, you know, you, you can't choose somebody else. Can you, John? Uh, you can, but you shouldn't. Damn right you shouldn't. All right. What are you doing? Um, so we got, oh, let's see what these names are here. We got Rakedell911. Buddy is already taking his time with the Connor McDavid pick. I don't like that. We got uh, Tang Clan. Lovely name. Zach Attack. Thank you for joining us. Colossal Connection. Optic Yammy. Chewy J. Galaxy Dry Saddle. Zebra Dan and Gain Reach. A bunch of legends here in this uh, second points league mock. So, Rakedell, come on, buddy. You're on notice. You better make that pick. Um, so, yeah, is. Um, I, I just released my rankings the other day and um, 18 skaters, Mark Barber uh, for Apples and Genos, he made a mod for the projections. And so I, I clicked into it and he had penalty minutes as one of the categories and I forgot to take it off and Brady Kachuk was number one. And I was like, uh, did I like are my projections like okay like why is Brady Kachuk over Connor McDavid it doesn't make a bit of sense but then yeah when you take the penalty minutes off sure all right but yeah Brady Kachuk clearly a category league guy over a points league guy I don't know are there any points league guys that you can think that are over that you would choose over uh in a points league rather than a category league like just right off the top of your head how do you mean like oh think of players like Jack Hughes or like Jordan Cairo or guys that don't hit they don't bring any kind of like banger waiting but they're amazing points league guys is there any you can kind of think of i mean jack hughes pretty much top of that list for me um Kaprasov is is really high on that robertson is is kind of unexpectedly also on that list you would mm-hmm. think with the body that he would throw it around a little bit more with all of the ice time that that he would pick up a little bit more blocks but that's that's just not the way he plays the game um that's an easy top three for me um Oh, here we go. All right. So I'm actually up. So Connor McDavid went number one. Uncle Leon went number two. Hello. Austin Matthews at three. I love that. And that means I get to take this soggy beefer Nathan McKinnon at number four. And I'm loving life. I think you got to go with McKinnon. Um, I like the Matthews pick there over McKinnon. I think that's that's um, reasonable. I don't know. What do you think about that? Matthews over McKinnon. I feel like three, four, five is is the most arguable spot in the draft, right? There's it's kind of becomes personal preference and and how you want to start building your roster um center versus wing and personally i like mckinnon a bit better than matthews but 
I don't think there's anything wrong with taking Matthews. I think they're they're an equal tier player. You're going to get slightly different upticks uh, in ancillary stats from from Matthews to McKinnon. But um, I think the player that I'm most excited about in that four, five, six region is actually Rantanen. I've seen a lot of Hughes. I've seen a lot of Pasternak. You see um, Kachuk rising up the board. But after Matthews and McKinnon, it's it's almost assuredly Rantanen for me. And yeah. I think maybe I'm a little bit alone in that regard. But after how dominant he was last season as the de facto star of the avalanche when there were injuries, yep. I just I just am a believer. I just believe in his ability to to keep that level of play up. And there he goes. Buddy, I love that, actually. Um, I've had lots of good conversations um, about Rantanen, and I think he's he's one of the safest picks, if not the safest pick after kind of the, the top two or three guys there. I think he's extremely safe, and his deployment is insane. So that's interesting to me that you're excited about Rantanen because for me, I'm like, ah, I guess I got to take Rantanen. But this guy's, this guy's a 100-point threat, 50 goals. Like, he's good to go, and his deployment's nuts. So, um, yeah, no, I, I love that. Um, so your pick, yeah, you're on the clock here. So why don't you talk us through your pick here, Big C? So the top of my short list here is is Jack Hughes, but I just don't, in the same way that I really believe in Rantanen, I just don't believe in Hughes' ability to take over for a full season as of yet. Like, I want to see more of it, right? Um, I want to see how things flesh out in that top six and, and who they really lean on. Um, the homer in me wants to take Jason Robertson. I... I'm going to buck the curve a little bit and take Nikita Kucherov. Bang. I, I love it. I, I think Kucherov has headroom to even improve on his numbers last season because his his efficiency was not good. His on-ice was good, his on-ice shooting percentage and all that, but the actual efficiency, um, you know, I, I think he has some room to grow there, right? And I think Tampa underachieved mildly, and then they kind of backed into the playoffs too. So what what is it you like about Kucherov there at eight? The the reliability of the offense, the veteran presence, um, I think Robertson could be the same player. He could take a slight dip back. He could jump forward just a little bit. I feel like it's a little bit too early for the um, volatility of Brady Kachuk. I like Eli- Elias Pettersson, but I think there's a chance that he comes back to me around this turn. And... I don't know. I I wanted to go with the safer floor, maybe maybe emotionally more than anything with Kucherov, but mm-hmm. it felt like the safest option for me at eight, which is where I want to pick uh, at eight. I'm going with the safest floor for eight because I feel like my options at, at two five are going to be really, really good to kind of take a little bit more of a volatile pick. Yeah, absolutely. I think I probably would have went Hughes there just because I'm much higher on Hughes than you. But I love, first off, right off the bat, you're like Rantanen and Kucherov. And that's speaking my language. Those are two insanely safe picks. And that's what we need, right? That's what you want in the first round. Like Kucherov to me at eight is insane value. He he could be like the third or fourth highest scorer in the league if he stays healthy again. Right? And I also really, really love the idea of getting out of the first few rounds with strong wingers. Mm-hmm. And after pick five, that's really what you need to kind of lean into and and particularly right wing over left wing. Yeah. Uh, at least it seems to me in the in the middle depths of the draft. So yeah, that makes total sense. I mean, lots of centers available later on. Fading centers is a totally viable strategy. You know, um, Yahoo finally updated their some of their ADPs. Thank God. What the hell? 
Were those guys smoking over there? I don't know, but can I have some? <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. Okay. Let me recap the first round. All right. It went McDavid, Dry Settle, Matthews. I took McKinnon, Pasta at five. Optic Yammy took Rantanen. Matthew Kachuk goes to Chewy J. Banksy took Kucherov. Jack Hughes went next. J Rob to Dry Saddle. Brady Kachuk to Zebra Dan. And then Gainreach took Elias Pettersson and Kale McCarr. I love McCarr on the turn there. I think that's a great spot for him. And I'm, I'm hoping I'm there in some leagues this season because, yeah, to just be able to lock up a pretty elite forward and then get McCarr with your next pick, I'd be all over that. I have absolutely loved the teams that I have been drafting mm-hmm. at the 12 spot. They just, yep. there's just so, so much consistent talent all the way down the lineup when you draft in that slot. Yeah. It was weird to say that, that you want to draft at the very end of 12, but the league, man, it, yeah. man, it, it works out. It's so the league is so offensive. Like it just it just seems like there's so many options. Like as long as guys stay healthy, like you know that there's there's so many options. Like Tage is still out there, Kaprasov is still out there, Ovechkin's still out there, Stutzel is still out there, and we're in the second round. Like those guys, you know, I'm not saying they're first rounders, but they like they they are going to play like first rounders. Like Kaprasov goes next. I legit have him for 100 points. So ooh, dry set. I'll take him. Braden point with the third pick of the second round. I don't know about that. I don't that's, know about that. That's a little I don't spicy. Know about that. Yeah. But, uh, you well, know, this is wonderful. I, I dry saddle just gave me a, a phenomenal gift because I was really hoping to get Tage with this pick Ooh. with the dual eligibility at center and right wing. I, I feel like my strategy is already coming into form at, at going heavy into the wings in yep. the early portion. And I mean, that is an absolute gift because I thought for sure he was going to go to saddle or galaxy there so mm-hmm. yep that's that's a smash pick for me yeah easy uh that's major value you know fifth pick of the second round tage thompson with kucherov pair it with kucherov sheesh that's a really nice start to your team there um so yeah uh the two the team so far kachuk and kaprasov zebra dan dry saddle has robertson and Braden point that is a really interesting pick and i'd be interested to hear what um what this guy is liking about Braden point that early in the second round because i think we could get Braden point mid third round i think that's kind of where he is yeah. center right there's still some amazing centers out there like point over timmy stutes or crosby yeah. or miller oh i don't know i mean you know this is a this is a points league so i guess uh they're sort of banking on point to you know it's pun pun performance yeah, not a point every game that's right very punny. All right. That's that's what you're here for. This kind of amazing comedic uh, value that, that we bring. Right, Banksy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Step into a mock draft. That's what we're doing. <laughs> All right. Um, so it went uh, Braden Point. Uh, Galaxy took Roman Yossi. I love that pick. I'm, I'm big on Yossi, you know, mid, mid second round. I've taken him a little early second round. So I, obviously I like that pick. Tage with you. Timmy Stutes, the Chewy J. Uh, Mitch Marner goes to Optic Yammy and Colossal Connection is up. And I got to start thinking about my pick here. Um, oh, yeah. Let me just see. What is. Oh, my God. There's, there's so many guys. So many beauties here. I think I think I'm wanting to go D here, but I don't know. Because I, I like. First off, I love Barkov here. Barkov is big time value for me this season. Oh, yeah. I want to get him at value. I still think this point in the second round is value. But can I wait? A little bit longer. Can I wait and try and get I him mean, in the third round? I don't four know. out of the next five teams to draft already have a premier center. So, yeah. you know, perhaps they lean further into that with one of two picks. But, but man, I mean, there's there's a lot of centers to choose from. Mm-hmm. There's 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 no telling who someone would take in that spot. 
I'm thinking I might risk it. We'll see. I mean, these guys can't hear me, right? So, you know, I, I'm giving up my strategies here, but I think I'm going to try and go D. Um, I'm looking at either Rasmus Dalin or Dougie Hamilton here. Um, Colossal Connection takes Alex Ovechkin. We've got two auto drafts here. You guys better load up your queue. Otherwise, you're on notice. You're out of the Discord, all right? Uh, briefly, all right? And then we'll, we want you back because we need you there, all right? Creamy Beefers is up. I got McKinnon with my first, and I am going to take a defenseman. It's between Darlene and Hamilton. Ah, I got to go with Big Dougie. I like this man. I mean, to me, they're both 20 goal threats from the back end, which I love. Um, you know, Darlene's going to get better deployment, but I like um, Hamilton's situation a little better there just with the top six. So it's potato, potato, honestly, Hamilton or Darlene. I don't know. Which way would you lean if it was those two uh, and you were looking at a D-man, Bing C? I would like drastically lean towards Darlene. Mm. How come? I think the, the deployment or just kind of the upswing? I think, I think I'm stuck in a rut in my belief in the devils, mm. honestly. I just... Like statistically, it should bear out that they're going to be a very quality team, but there are so many mouths to feed mm -hmm. and so much going on that's slightly in flux for the Devils that I have my concerns about who and what and when really, really spikes. Like, I feel like it's going to be a phenomenal team, yep. but you're going to pay for the top players on that team and they're going to perform only slightly better than the second level and that is where i have found myself drafting a bunch of devils is the second tier of their team so i don't feel like there's any competition for shots with darlene right i don't feel like there's any competition for ice time like owen power is coming eventually but it's going to be supplemental and that's just my my gut feeling about the Devils is a slight downgrade to what became like this massive peak for them mm -hmm. in terms of fanfare with bringing in Meyer and and going on a playoff run. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's an interesting situation there in Jersey. Like to me, kind of the worst case scenario for fantasy is these guys all just sort of eat each other's value a little bit, right? Like you have so many elite players that doesn't equal like production. Right. Just because you have elite players. I mean, like there's only so many touches to go around. Right. There's only so much ice time. So, um, you know, I that's if 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 things go poorly for the Devils in fantasy, I think that's going to be the reason like, you know, these guys just aren't getting the time on the ice or they're kind of spreading it out a little bit. But to me, I don't know. Um, Hamilton and Dalian's situation is, is very similar, I think, like. You know, Owen Power is there um, kind of pushing Darlene, and I think Luke Hughes is there pushing Hamilton. But it, it's going to be another year before this kind of happens, in my opinion. So, I don't know, 20 goals. I like Dougie, Hamil from Dougie Hamilton for 20 goals. I, I think I got to do it. Um, all right, so let's just recap here. So, um, after I took Hamilton, Timo Meyer went to Zach Attack. I've got two auto drafts, Giroud Tank Clan and Rakedahl. Come on, boys. What are you doing? Um, Sidney Crosby went to um, Drew Tank Clan and then William Nylander, which is a reasonable pick at the end of the second round. And then he took J uh, JT Miller. Rasmus Dahlin went to Drew Tank Clan and then, oh my God. Robbed. What sack attack, buddy? Oh no. I sniped this early? Oh, frick. All right. Now, I, now I'm just choked. I, oh God. Um, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I hate when this happens. Damn it. Um, you know what? I would love to get a winger. I need to get on a winger here. So, I mean, I'm looking at Steven Stamkos. I've got Panarin, but I love Panarin in points leagues. Do I do I go with Panarin? That might be a bit of a reach, but he's not coming back to me. 
Oh God. You know what? I'm going to go with Stamkos because he's got some, some weight, uh, like some banger waiting. And I think that's going to equal a little bit more fantasy points per game. So I'm taking a ride with Steven Stamkos. Get on my team, my man. That's a bit of a, that, that's not the pick I wanted to be honest. So I'm not too stoked about that. Barkov snipe. Oh God. That, that's that, well, that just hurts. That hurts a little bit. Wasn't the pick you wanted, but it was the pick I wanted. There you go. Uh, well, that that makes me feel better. If I'm snipe, I, I've said this before, but um, I always feel like I never snipe anybody, and it makes me second guess my team. I'm like, uh, you know, what? No one wanted my players. Like, what am I on an island here? Like, just thinking these guys are good. No. So if you want a Stamkos, I'm glad I have them. All right, that's. Nice. I uh, was looking forward to the slight banger weight, the the stack with Kucherov, and the wing eligibility also mm-hmm. helps yep. quite a bit. So, oh, big time, yeah. Because this is what happens: you load up with centers, like especially those first four positions, like they're all centers. So it's Drysaddle's nice; he's got the dual eligibility, but yeah. you know, yeah, you're gonna have to start looking another way. Otherwise, you're gonna find yourself with like, you know four or five centers and then you're left with the dregs of the wingers right so um i like your strategy of kind of loading up on wingers there early that makes total sense oh my god uh wow. opt- optic yammy uh okay. yeah we got some interesting picks so i took stamkos after i got sniped there uh colossal connection takes the Zabanajad. great pick um his first center and then matt boldy goes six pick of the third round that is uh, that. That's some some nice confidence there in Matt Boldy. I, I think I have him for eighty points, something like that. So I don't know. I'm, I don't really see him as a third round talent. I think you probably could have waited on Matt Boldy. I don't know what's your thought there. You just and you got one before your pick here, so maybe talk us through that as well. It seems it seems at, at least two rounds early for me. I, I am a huge fan of Matt Boldy in general, but the situation there is is kind of yep. dubious at best for me unless he hits the top line. So. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I still think he's going to do well, even if he doesn't get that top line because he's top power play. But still, I mean, we're talking probably an eighty-point player. You know, when there's there's some other guys on the board that that kind of make a little bit more sense to me. So even Panarin, like take Panarin over Matt Boldy. That's I, I don't know, but I like the player. I hope he pops off this year. Yeah, I um, was leaning towards uh, a short list that started with Darlene and Stamkos. Um, trying to get a couple of stacks, uh, one to two uh, in the first couple of rounds. And both of those players went kind of as they should. So my next thought process is to attack pure points with Panarin. Um, And then that will allow me to hunt a stack for New York later. Obviously, Zibanejad went off the board in this recent pick too. Um, So that's gone. But there's there's plenty of other players that are very, uh, very haveable in the next few rounds with, with Kreider and Fox um, and yep. Trocek later, like uh, there's, there's lots of opportunity to get another stack. Um, and I'm, and I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. You got a really nice start here, Binksy. Talk to me about um, player stacks and what you like about that. Why is that a good strategy? Well, the, the correlation works in when you're attacking quality teams, quality offensive teams, if players play together, right. And the way that, points work in in fantasy hockey the way the players play together when they're having success generally their line mate their power play mate is going to have that same success and uh, I've heard Nate harp on this time and time again when you are betting and that's what we're doing we're you know we're making bets we're buying stock right in in a team and individual assets in that team um, you want to bet with the assumption that you are right, right? If you're betting with the assumption that you're wrong, then you shouldn't be making that bet. 
um, it's not not uh, we're not shorting the market with fantasy hockey, right? So right. when you're making that assumption that you are right, then continue to make that assumption, right? So in the same way that I disagree with taking Hughes at an earlier slot or taking Hamilton in an earlier slot, even though I think that those are appropriate places for that player to be taken at ADP and it's appropriate value. It's, I don't necessarily believe in the team as a whole to be able to be successful. So, you know, in the same fashion, I'm not taking those selections. Right. Okay. You're up here, Binksy here. I'll just give you a recap quick while you're looking at your pick. So after uh, Binksy took Panarin, it went Fox, Clayton Keller, which is an interesting pick. I want to talk about dry settles team. Cause this is an interesting strategy going on so far. Kyle Connor, Jack Eichel, uh, Andre Sveshkov, Eric Carlson, Nuge and Hyman went and now Binksy's up. What are you thinking here, BC? Hmm. Well, I'm really torn between Rope Hints and the ability to get other Dallas players later. Right. But I feel like coming out of the fourth round, there's going to be a lot of defense that starts to flood off the board. And it being a points league, I am going to attack the points that I will surely miss out on. With the Edmonton oh, power play, and I'm going to take Evan Bouchard. I, you son of a gun, you. What the heck? Um, yeah, I actually didn't think he was going to come back to me, but that was, that was what I was looking at. I think at Bouchard in the fourth round value, right? But I think it also makes sense, right? I think this is a ceiling play with Bouchard and I'm excited, right? Like he's going to get that top power play. There's no question. Like there's no one else to take those minutes from him. So it's just, how does he perform there? And what we've seen so far in a small sample size, this guy's legit, right? He could pop the hell off. I mean, what are you thinking for Bouchard this year? Well, the the player is someone that the fantasy collective has always believed in, right? Mm-hmm. The the metrics are great. The output has been good when he's on the ice, but there was always the issue of whether he was going to play over Barry or around Barry or right. who was going to get dealt. Um, and we no longer have those problems. So mm-hmm. you're talking about the best power play in the league. You're talking about historic possibility. And you're talking about an absolutely massive ceiling and – I am all in in a points format. Everybody's sniping the hell out of me. Tavares was my guy. That's what I was looking for. Damn it. Oh, God. Um, I've already been sniped twice. This is this show ain't no good. So uh, Banksy took Bouchard. DeBrinket goes next. John Carlson, uh, nice pick. He's underrated this season, I think. Uh, and then Johnny Tavares goes. So I'm up with 40 seconds left. I wanted Bouchard. I wanted Tavares. I got to see. I've already got two centers, but I mean – Stamkos could be my left wing. I'm looking at hints as well. Like I'm hints in the fourth round. I love that. That's, that's Feels amazing. Very value. Good. Yeah. So it's either hints or a D man. And I was looking at Quinn Hughes, but maybe I can get Hughes on the way back. So I'm going to go for a ride with baby dry Rupe hints. Welcome to my team. Thank you very much for your service. My man. I'm really high on this player. Just stay healthy, please. Like this guy is, is as dynamic as they come. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, a true play driver on on a team that has nothing but smart, like capable veterans around him. Yep. And I mean, I don't know. Somehow he seems to play better shorthanded. Like, I don't. Yeah. That's just the Stars fan in me. Like, when we really need a goal, somehow it always comes up when we're when we're on the penalty kill, and it's always hence breaking away with it. But. <laughs> he's amazing yeah uh, just what he did in the playoffs too was next level and that means something you know what i mean and the, at the the biggest moments like he's on the ice he's the one driving their offense and he was the one making it click like you know if they would have made it into the finals like we could be looking at a, a con Smythe winner right here 
win or lose, right? The guy was leading, you know, leading the playoffs. So I'm a big fan of Hans. I think he's going to have a huge year. Um, I'm excited about Dallas too. So after I took Hans, uh, Zach Attack took a gander at Evander. Nice work. Jake Gensel goes next. Nico Heischer, great pick. Alex Tuck, first pick of the fifth round. Yeah, that's that's not a not a sexy pick, but I feel like that's reasonable. And then Kevin Fiala goes next uh, back to Jerutang clan. So Zach attack is up. We'll see what he's going to do. And then I'm up and I'm hoping to get Quinn Hughes. So if he takes Quinn Hughes from me. Oh, my God. <laughs> what the, what is this guy doing to me? This is terrible. Oh, us. God. What is he doing to us? It, they, yeah, exactly. <sighs> What the frick? Um, all right, that that's a little that, that's getting me a little salty. So now forty four. Oh god, why would he do? You know what? All right, where are we in the fifth round? Okay, this is a guy I've been taking, uh, and I think this is major value. Brad Marchand, get on my team. Brad Marchand in the fifth round. I, I'm liking the winger eligibility there. Obviously, he's a left winger, so he, I think Boston is not going to be as bad as everyone thinks. Um, obviously, they're not going to be close to the level they were last season but this Marshawn to me is still an 80 point player in the fifth round with amazing power play numbers good shot count like I, I like the player I don't know where you at with uh, Boston and Marshawn in particular I'm a little bit lower on on Marshawn and and Boston in general um, I feel like there's two to three players that I'm really interested in and the rest of them it's going to be extreme value for me last year drafting Marshawn in the fifth fifth round with the injury concern. I felt like that was an absolute steal and maybe that's the case going into this year. And then I'm a little bit blind to it, but the sixth round is where I'm, I'm really like leaning into him. I feel, I feel better about other more consistent options yeah. in the fifth round. And generally I'm leaning to a different wing in the fifth round, but I think it's a fine pick. It's just, it's not one that I'm like excited to make. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a thing, isn't it? When we draft, it's like, sometimes you get so jacked up over a pick. You're like, this is going to hit so hard. And then I don't know, but guys like Marshawn and even, you know, Panarin in a points league, or, you know, you were talking about uh, Kucherov or, you know, um, what was that other player you were talking about that was really safe? Yeah, Ranton. And like, those are the type of picks that are kind of in the same boat to me as Marshawn. I mean, obviously we're talking different rounds, but you make them and you're like, okay, this is this is good. Like, this is this is a safe pick. And I think Marshawn is a safe pick. Um, in, in the fifth round, I think it's value. In the sixth, I think is insane value. So I love that. Oh, God. Tell me what you did. All right, because now you're taking, now you're just eating my sandwich. You're eating my, uh, you came to my house, it's Thanksgiving dinner. You're taking my turkey leg and you just ate the whole thing. What the hell are you doing? So I have super good vibes um, about Columbus. I am absolutely planning to attack Gaudreau and Line uh, as it turns back around to me at 6'5". I didn't feel like Wierenski was going to make it um, from that turn, even though Galaxy has two defensemen uh, and Zebradan and Gainreach both have a defenseman. Dreisaitl has no defenseman, and I didn't think there was any guarantees that he was going to make it back. Yep. I feel like the chances that I get Goudreau and or Line in the next two rounds are pretty good. And if not, there's Skinner, there's Forsberg, Giroux, Huberto, Ehlers. Like, there are other wingers that I'm, that I'm fine with taking to see – Goudreau go there doesn't surprise me that much. Um, I was hopeful that he would make it back. I prefer him to Line, um, but I feel like Line is just fine and and even possibly a little bit better if he if he manages to stay healthy throughout the season. He's got dual eligibility. Like I still feel pretty good about that. So 
Yep. You missed an opportunity there, my man. Line A is just fine A. Huh? Come on. Okay. Yeah, just give it to me, buddy. Oh, I'll give you that. Oh my, I'll give God. you that one. All right. First off, can we just talk about Dry Saddles team? This is an interesting team. You know, I got to shout you out, my man. Uh, oh my God. So, Binksy, you're up here. So, take a look at your pick. Like, um, Dry Saddle took point in the second round. Clayton Keller in the third, which is a little early. Nuge in the fourth, which actually could be could be reasonable because he's going to regress, but maybe to a seventy point pace. Larkin, and then the Zucchini man. Oh God, in the sixth round. I love it. Dry saddle, you got a plan, and I'm I'm here for it. I want to hear all about that. All right. And after I'll I'll give that a rundown here, but Banksy, you got 30 seconds. Tell me what you're thinking here after you took uh, Wierenski with your last pick. So Gaudreau was my my first option. Line A, the second option. I feel equally good about about Forsberg in a points league. Mm-hmm. Um I'm interested in in the level of player with Malkin, Hedman, Skinner, but again, there's kind of a glut of that tier of of winger and center so i'm gonna go with line a and and lock in that stack love it yeah you so stacking for you is a really big part of your strategy it seems like so often in fantasy hockey especially um day-to-day fantasy hockey you are looking for like the best possible schedule and how to maximize your schedule and the more often that you have players playing on the same day if you can guarantee them it's easier to map in and out who is a droppable level player for you yep so there are a lot of reasons that i lean into stacking but um even in best ball formats that that works out as well um i tend not to go any more than than three on a stack with best ball because then it starts to you start to eat into your own numbers yep um, but in a day-to-day league, I'm I'm happily going over a three-player stack on the right team. Like I think the opportunity to stack Tampa and Buffalo and Columbus can win you your league if you get the right players in those stacks. Yeah, no, I love it. And something I try and do usually. Oh my goodness! All right, um, so we got some interesting picks here. I'll run those down, but I, I'm up on the clock here. So um, I'm looking at my team here. I, I mean, I would like to go into the defenseman, but I don't like the value that I'm looking at here. Brandon Montour. That that news kind of stunk um, because yeah. I was excited about Montour. I thought he was going to be ready for the start, and it just didn't. Yeah, he's, it's not going to happen. So we'll see. Such a wide range too of possibility. Yeah. Like and they, they basically the were like, he might return sometime yeah like they could have just said sometime and that would have been the same thing like if i told you if i told you I, i'll see you between november and january you'd be like so you're not coming yeah like, <laughs> yeah you know what like, i mean like we'll see you when we see you like, oh my god um all right so you know what i'm gonna try oh this is Let's see. I think I'm going to go with uh, Ehlers here. I like my man Ehlers. To me, that's maybe a little early for Nikolai Ehlers, but I'm going to try and get a defenseman on the way back, and I think I kind of just have to reach for my guy a little bit here. I'm really big on Ehlers this season. Uh, I mean, I've heard some things, too, like it, it's he doesn't like or he can't play with Mark Shifley properly, some, something along those lines. Um, apparently, apparently – they play the same position on the power play and Shifley is unwilling to move. Right. And they continuously defer Shifley in that regard, which, which doesn't make sense to me, but I guess it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, I, I, they don't have a choice. They're going to have to figure out a way to coexist. And you know, there's a good chance that Mark Shifley gets chipped out at some point this season. So I, I think it's Ehlers time. Like they can't do another season of this crap with Ehlers. Can they? For God's sake, put him out on the ice. Give him 18 minutes, please. Rick Bonus, Rick Bonehead, what are you doing? 
Um, all right. So I'm up again here. I got 30 seconds. I want a defenseman. And yeah, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to see you at the party, Victor. I like Victor Hedman this year. You know, everybody who's nice. listening to my stuff. Oh, wow. Um, everyone's listening to my stuff knows that I'm I'm taking Hedman over Sergachev this year. I think he's I think he's gonna bounce back from what he did. He's not he's not gonna be the headman of old, right? And Sergachev's obviously gonna eat into those power play minutes, but um I just trust Hedman what he's done throughout his career. He's not, you know, like he they've played so much over the last four seasons. Like this guy should be coming into the season rested, feeling good, and I, I expect a little bit more out of Victor Hedman this season. I don't know, where you at with Hedman and Sergey? So my default is to lean into Hedman, especially considering, as you can tell, watching the board, they're going in roughly the same place. Right. I want to lean on what I have known to be consistent rather than what is very possibly a blip from last year. Yep. Um, I'm okay with drafting Sergachev, but it feels a lot better to me to draft Hedman. So I absolutely got sniped there. I was hoping to uh, complete another stack in, in the first seven rounds um, with either of those players. I was earnestly going to take either one and really solidify the defense. Right. But I am going to take massive value with the Vinny Malkin. He got seventh it. Round. You're talking about a possible 90-point player. And, uh, you know, I have one one center on the board thus far so i feel pretty good about taking him here in the seventh buddy it's a dunk it's a freaking slam dunk i love malkin's value this season he's dropping like like a bag of dirt it's insane malkin in the seventh round he's gonna get 80 points at minimum right and he's gonna get crazy power play points like it's just a great pick i've been getting him in a lot of best ball leagues and he's just falling to me at a ridiculous uh spot so it's kind you kind of have to I love when stuff like that happens. Like, you know, I'll take another center. Sure. And the way you've kind of built your team, like, yeah, that's your first true center. So you're loving life there. Let me see. Okay. We got to look and see what we've got going on here. So um, some interesting picks here. I'll tell you about the seventh round. Carter Verhege goes first. Then Adrian Kempe. Love that. Sorokin off the board. I took Hedman. Sergachev goes after that. Jesper Bratt goes to Optic Yami. I love that pick. Uh, for me, when I took Ehlers, it was between Ehlers and, and Jesper Bratt. So I just went with Ehlers because it's a bit more upside I like there. So um, Claude Giroux goes next. You took Malkin. Charlie McAvoy goes to Galaxy. I like that pick. Um, I think McAvoy is going to be better than he was last season. I think Hampus Lindholm was, was running hot when McAvoy came back into the lineup. And it obviously just affected his ice time. I mean, why take Hampus Lindholm off when he was cooking and McAvoy's coming back off injury? So I honestly believe that McAvoy will take full control of power play one and get those minutes back. Uh, my two cents. Then Reinhardt goes and Georgie. Uh, Georgiev goes. Nichusen goes and Brent Burns to gain reach. Oh, my God. We're, we're just popping off here. Alex Petrangelo goes. Uh, what are you thinking here with your next two picks? Or sorry, well, uh, in two picks here. What are you thinking? I've seen a lot of my shortlist go in the last few picks, yep, so yep. I'm, a, I'm a little bit scrambling. Um, I've got one left on on my initial shortlist from from the last round, and uh, I feel like I kind of have to take him to to get another yep. stack, even oh. though there are plenty of other players here that that I would absolutely take. But I'm going to go with Jeff Skinner, get another quality winger, and uh, and link him up with Tage from the second round. Yep. This is a guy that's falling to me as well. He's kind of the forgotten guy on that line, I think. You know, well, like Tuck went in the fifth round. Why is Skinner going in the eighth? It kind of doesn't make a lot of sense. Like they're similar, they're similar players in terms of their metrics. And and Skinner actually shows out a little more. Shots on goal, chances, like that's advantage Skinner. So that's that's an interesting uh change there. So I don't know. Have you seen that in some of the drafts you're doing? Like is Tuck going before Skinner in a lot of places? I've seen it flip flop over the last month. 
I've seen Skinner go earlier. I've seen uh, Tuck go earlier. I, I think it's more based on who gets a piece of, of Buffalo and where they get them in the draft slot, yep. um, depending on, on which position they're looking for. But uh, recently it seen, has seemed to be more Tuck, and, and it's kind of odd to me because, uh, you know, Tuck really broke out last season, mm-hmm. and Skinner has been a bit more consistent. Uh, in that regard so it's kind of surprising to see it correct this way but uh, I feel like throughout the the drafting period you're going to see them kind of come to the mean I feel like five's a little bit early and yep. and uh, eight is a little bit late so I feel like you're probably going to see them start to go right around the sixth and seventh round um, I've got 15 seconds on the clock here I'm going to go with another D um, and I'm looking at Noah Dobson here um, this is the guy I expect to first off, I expect the Islanders power play to be a lot better this season. They were dead last in the league in percentage. Oh, chicken went right after. God. This this guy, Zach Attack, is, is out of his mind. All right. He's taking all my players. I was gonna do a double D stack here. Uh Dobson and then Chicken on the way back is sort of what I was looking to do. Lock that up, but uh that's showing no good. And now I'm back up. Oh God. Um, so where are we at here? We're at pick 100, and let's see who's available here. Oh god. Um let me see. I'm just looking at my team here. Again, amazing podcasting. Um, let's see. So I got 40 seconds. I, you know, we're in the ninth round. I gotta get, I gotta get a forward here. I think I, I was liking that value on Chikrin, but now I'm not liking really the value here. So I gotta see what I got here. Oh, Jonathan March still staring me right in the face. You know what? Points league. I got to take my boy. I'm taking Troy Terry. This is a bit of a reach. Troy Terry at 100. I mean, ugh, it's. I would have rather have him closer to his uh, ADP, which is 115. So wait around. But I don't know that he's going to come back to me. And right wing in, you know, especially like the way these positions are so far in Fantrax and in Yahoo, like you kind of got to lock up your right wings. Otherwise, it's slim pickings at the end. Yeah, absolutely. So let's see, you're up here, Binksy. So we've had some interesting picks here. I took, uh, so Natchez went first, Mark Shifley, Jacob Truba. I took Troy Terry, Johnny Marcheseau, Elias Lindholm, and Darnell Nurse just went to Chewy J, and Binksy's up. Where are you going? So I wanted to go back to the center well on uh, the short list for me there with Shifley and Lindholm. So I'm tempted to go with PLD, but I think instead that I am going to take Chris Kreider and get another stack. I was tempted to take Seth Jones there and, and really solidify offensive defensemen on the team, but I feel like there's a chance that he makes it back to me. And it might not be a great chance, but I'm willing to risk that at this point in the draft with defensemen. I feel like there's a lot of players that are in very similar situations, even though my preference is to go with Seth Jones right here. But I feel like there's a good chance that he comes back around. So we'll find out. Yeah, I think so too. And again, I love the strategy you're employing here. And it's so different. These spots are so different. Like I find closer, you know, at the top end of the draft, the first four, first five picks, I find myself taking a lot of centers. Whereas I'm at like the last five picks of the draft, I'm able to sort of make those uh, winger picks a little easier. That's just sort of been my, uh, you know, experience. But yeah, again, Chris Kreider in the ninth round, I think is going to be value, right? This guy... 
Um, I think he underachieved last season. And then when they brought in, you know, all those ringers at the end of the season, he was minimized. Kreider was minimized a little bit. So I think he'll be back to business. You know, he's a staple in that power play. He's going to get a ton of goals. Um, So I I like the pick a lot. And he's a guy that's sliding to me. So um, you took Kreider. Trevor Zegers goes next. And Big Cousy goes in the ninth round, buddy. I love it. You're going to like the way you feel. I guarantee it. All right. Best head of hair in the biz. Banksy, back me up on this. No. Okay, damn. Oh, God. Um, yeah, I wasn't expecting that, but that, that's fine. Who has the best head of hair in the biz, Binksy? Give, give, me, your, give me your take. What do you got? I'm going to go with gross, uh, slick back Jamie Benn. Oh, nice scowl on his face. Okay. Yeah, yeah that, I love it. That's not bad. Yeah, he's a bit of a greaser. He has like the cigarette yeah. pack in his, in his sleeve there. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what Goomba means, and it's probably really offensive, um, but he, he seems like a Goomba to me when he's got his hair slicked back. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but. At, at the very least, Let, a goober. All right, let's yeah. Goomba slash Goober uh, confirmed. Jamie Ben, absolute unit. We're, we're, we'll agree on that. All right, Kuzmenko goes Vince Dunn in the ninth round. That's nice value for Dunn because I'm glad, especially in a in a good mock like this with with engaged managers. Like, yeah, Dunn should not be. He's not shouldn't be drafted as a 64 point defenseman, right? He should be drafted as a kind of a 50 to 50 to 55 point defenseman, you know. Uh, so I like that in the ninth round. Morgan Riley goes next. Jake DeBrusque, PLD, and Maddie Beneers goes. That's your Demko. Was he was he your guy? No. You're oh, you gave me two Lord, thumbs up. Lord I thought no. you were gonna go. Okay, all right. <laughs> Lord, no. he's gonna be much better. There you go. Okay, so you did. You locked up Seth Jones, and that's a great pick to me in the tenth round. He's going to run that power play with Bedard. So we like that. Yeah, they're going to they're going to let him chunk it at the net, I think for yeah. sure. And he's he's got he's got some acumen, right? He can do that. And he eats a ton of minutes, right? So you know, you'll get some peripheral stuff there as well. Um just yeah. a, a great late round My peripheral bump. I feel pretty good about it in the 10th round for yeah, sure. Absolutely. I got to look and see what the hell I'm doing here. Oh my god. Um so we're in the 10th round. I've got my 3D. I got to take a Oh my god. <laughs> it there's just parts in the round that are just get a bit stinky, don't they? Um, ooh, I, I think I've been trying to get Michael Matheson on my team for like every single mock draft, and I get sniped every time. So ugh, you know, we'll we'll see. <laughs> Can I get Mike Matheson here? I would love to lock up the D and just just call it. <sighs> what the, I, <laughs> I can't even say the man's name. All right, what is wrong with you managers? This is optic gammy. You're on notice, buddy. All right, that's I'm gonna I'm gonna take care of that optic nerve and just rip it right out of here. So is it all? Is it always in the tenth? You know, that you're eyeballing him and you get sniped because I feel like I feel like you gotta you gotta flip some strategy around if you're getting sniped on the same player over and over again. Then I just and you gotta lean heavier. And you went with Terry last round, who you felt like you were leaning on. So. Uh. God, I got to do something. I can't even get the professor on my team. He's a he's a lovely man, and I would really like to have him on my team, but that, that it's just not happening. So, all right. So now we're 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 kind of in stinky territory here. So you know, pick one seventeen. Ooh, all right. So how many centers do I have? I'm I'm looking. I got two centers. I, I guess I could take a center here. You know, I'm always looking at Vincent Trocheck here, but it's still a bit early. Like he's yeah, he's one twenty eight. It's one seventeen. Oh God. You know what? I'm doing it. All right. This is a guy that's been falling to me a ton. And this isn't the kind of value that I want with Anze Kopitar. But I still love the player. I think he's good for 70 points. And I'm usually getting him at a little more value here. But I I just think the way this draft is going, like, I can't rely on on my guys coming back to me. They're just getting sniped out of their minds. 
Okay. So after I take Kopitar, uh, Victor Arvidsson goes. Great pick. Jared McCann. Then Linus Allmark, Ricky Rax, and Drew Doughty go after that. And Zach Attack is back up. Buddy, take it easy on me, all right? Jeez. Um, you know what? I might look at some goalies here. I, I'm getting I'm getting squirrely. What is it? Pickle. Oh, God. No, I don't want to take a goalie. I got to just get some more offense. Let's, let's get the biz here. Uh, let's take a look at the defensemen that are available. Oh, you know who's going to be an interesting player this season? Gustav Forsling. What? Like, yeah, he's 165, so that would be a big reach. I don't think I'm going to go there, but I don't know. Could you? Like, he's going to get full power play right off the bat. Um, he's he's the guy. He's number one there. So, like, does he sort of establish himself and kind of not let the reins go, you know, if uh, once those guys do return? I, I don't know. Um, but I do like that player a lot. Oh, God, I don't think Shabbat takes power play one, so I'm not loving that. I know Rasmus Anderson is going to be a power play quarterback there, but Perifs are kind of stinky. Oh, geez. This is this is slim pickings. Um, what do we got? 40 seconds. Let's take a look. Hmm. I got Tarasenko staring me in the face here. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen there in Ottawa. I am concerned about Drake Batherson, um, just in the off-ice stuff. And then even if, you know, he doesn't have the off-ice stuff, but he's still maybe bumped off the power play, I think Tarasenko could get some run there. Ah, this pick doesn't make me feel good, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to take Vladi. Welcome, Vladi, um, to the team. Thank you, Tarasenko, for your service. I'm happy to get another right winger in there. And then I can sort of pump centers, which I think there are a lot of later on. So I, I feel okay about this. Um, but I mean, floor to me or, you know, potential for Tarasenko could be a 60 point season, which is not awesome. I, I would like him to get a little bit more than that. I don't know where are you at with Tarasenko. I think the, that floor is probably the slightly more likely option. I feel like the 11th round is a perfect place for you to take that lotto ticket. Mm -hmm. Um, Right around this range in drafts, I have been taking lotto tickets on Mark Stone, on Tarasenko, on Tom Wilson. I've even recently, um, as my my drafts start to stack up and I want to, uh, you know, widen the variability a little bit, um, I've even started to take a few Patrick Kane yep. around here, um, you know, just to to open up yourself to the possibilities of the season, right? Mm -hmm. And I think the possibility is 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 really really good with with Tarasenko. I don't, I don't have a great feeling about it. I think they will stick with Batherson, but um, you know, there's a chance with off fight stuff or even just flux on, on the lineup that things change. So I think it's a perfectly decent pick and, and I've done it before a few times. Yep, absolutely. And you're up here. So what are you thinking after your Jones pick? So I'm going to go back to the well uh, at center. Um, I feel like this is the part of the draft, like I alluded to before, where I want to, to lean into the lotto picks a little bit, yep. right? Like rather than going to your starting goalie, rather than taking your fourth defenseman, et cetera, um, start taking some lotto picks and yep. and players that you believe can really, really pop off. Galaxy just took another one that I think about with Tom Wilson there. Um, I don't feel bad about the previous pick from from Chewy with, with Stuart Skinner. I think that's a, a – you know, the kind of the benchmark for zero G is the 10th round, right? Yeah. After that is when you feel a little bit better. Um, the the zeroist of the zero Gers out there tend to go way later. Um, I tend to go slightly later than this. 12 is usually where I start, but uh, I feel like the possibility of Skinner being an excellent, um, you know, light zero G candidate is, is really, really good. So he was also an option for me there. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, zero G is, is interesting to me. I, I think you can still classify zero G just as value, right? Like making sure you, right. you're capitalizing on draft value. So if you can get a player like Shesterkin in the eighth round or like Vasilevsky in the eighth, like that's value. That's zero G to me, right? I mean, um, you know, it's it all depends on who's around. But um, yeah, this is <laughs> I've been waiting and waiting. I, I tend to get goalies a little bit earlier. Like it's around 10th round where I'm like, I got to do something. Um, but anyways, you're back up here. So do you think you're going to take a goalie here, Banksy? I have started putting goalies on my queue. Um, but the ones that are right here, I don't actually really love. Like I, I have yep. a lot of question marks about like the next seven goalies. And I would kind of rather risk getting one of them around later. Mm-hmm. So I am going to absolutely solidify center and uh, a triple stack at, at the New York Rangers, which I hugely believe in this season. And hopefully I got to snipe you of a player you love. You know, you know damn well you sniped me. I went, what the hell are you doing? Um, yeah, I was looking at Vincent Trocek there. I probably would have hit that button for sure. I, I can't help myself. I, I like Trocek's outlook this year. I think, you know, 60-point floor, plus if he pops on the power play. Like, he's got to get back on power play one, right? Daily Faceoff has Blake Wheeler taking that spot, which I don't think is going to happen. I think it'll still be Vinny Tro on the on the top power play, but we'll see. Um, yeah, some interesting picks here. So you took Josh Norris. I like that pick a lot. I know you're really high on Norris. Um, even I've heard you I've heard you talk about him over Stutzla. Not not like a better player, a better fantasy option, but you're, you're loving uh, Norris this year, aren't you? I absolutely am. I, I believed in both of them going into last season and injury derailed it for Norris. Mm-hmm. And perhaps it's not a situation where Stutzla is the de facto person just because of, of health. Like hopefully for me in my drafts where I've been kind of leaning on Norris, then things just kind of go back into form. But, you know, like we talked about with, uh, with Tarasenko, things are in flux, right? There's yep. still some question marks. So the hope is that he comes back healthy, but I much like Matt Boldy, I just believe in, in him to be like a top 15 talent mm-hmm. offensively in the league and things haven't broken that way yet. So the player I absolutely believe in the situation, I think will be good if, if not a little bit muddied and, um, and the value that you get at the possibility that he has Stutzla output mm-hmm. in the 11th round is, so, you know, post post 10th round is where I feel really, really good about just snatching up value at the, yeah. the center position. And there's a ton of it out there and there's a lot to like for each player. Yeah. No, Norris is a, is a player of interest for me, for sure. I'm not super high on him. I think I I projected him for a lot less than Nate. I think I had him for like 58 or something like that. And Nate had him for 67 or something like that. But I mean, it could just as easily be the, the high end of that, right? And potentially even more. Um, so I just like what's going on in Ottawa. It's a great fa- um, fantasy team this year. Um, so yeah, I'm interested to see what he does. But locking up Norris and Trocek in 11th and 12th round, bang, love that. Um, interesting here, uh, Ekblad went to Chewy J before Gustav Forsling. What the hell? He's mm-hmm. injured, my man. So um, I got 15 seconds. I got to go. This kills me, but I got to take the grumpiest man on earth. All right. Brock Nelson, buddy, cheer up. Um, you know what? I wouldn't have done this, <laughs> except I projected this man out for 75 points. All right. 75 points in the 12th round. What the hell are we doing? And I get a little stack here with Noah Dobson. So I like that. Um, I, I just trust the player. It's weird when I dug into him. Like, I like what I'm seeing. I don't like his face. I mean, that should be enough to, to not, um, you know, Pick a guy. Dear God. Zach Attack took Boone Jenner. You know what? This 
this guy, you know what? I, I don't know if I'll be able to talk to you for a little while, Zach Attack. That's, you know, we're, we're off for a little bit. All right. That's, you're really hurting my feelings. All right. And then that, that's fine. Um, he took Boone Jenner. I haven't been giving any updates on the rounds, but um, yeah, lot, lots of interesting picks here. Um, after Boone Jenner goes in the 12th, Justin Falk goes, who I'm low key, uh, you know, very I, excited yeah, about. He's, he's a great. Year. He's a great um, last option. Oh, Bo Byram is a great pick as well. So Falk goes, Lindholm goes, Weger goes, Tristan Jari, great zero G option in the 13th round. Oh my God. Um, Bowen Byram goes, who's going to be a, I think he's going to be a beast this year, even without power play time. Um, I am going to lock up my last D and, uh, oh, did he, he never got picked. Did he? Oh, right. I'm taking Gustav Forsling a little high, but I just like what I'm looking at here. Um, you know, he's going to run that show until November. Most likely, right? And, um, you know, himself, Ekblad, and Montour are all insane at shot generation from the back end. And that's something I love. This guy got 40 points basically with no power play time. So um, he's going to run that power play. Florida's going to be good. Um, I'm excited about Forsling, low key. But yeah, I had to reach a little bit because I don't think he's coming back to me. No, I, I don't think so. Um, I mean, the board has basically turned purple yep. at this point, <laughs> like post the eighth round. Um, so... Um, just in terms of, of color formatting, you, you seem to notice a pattern, right? The first five picks heavy on center in the first uh, three to four rounds and then super heavy on D post the eighth round. Yeah, look at that. And kind of the inverse um, for the last five picks of the round, right? Like heavy on wing and then pretty light on D as it goes through. Okay. Let me give a little bit of an update here. So... Um, Actually, so I've given an update. Any interesting picks you can see right off the bat? I, I see Owen Tippett went to Galaxy in round 12. Um, do you like Owen Tippett this year? Are you Because we've kind of been back and forth a little bit, just Nate and I, and, and I think we're a little bit lower on Tippett than some of the other kind of fantasy uh, you know, analysts. What do you think? I think there's, you know, there's diamonds in the rough when you, when you prey upon a, a really bad team mm-hmm. like that, right? But there's generally only one per season and who knows what torts is going to do. Yeah. The tortellini man. Tortellini. Uh, so <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want to go to that. Well, I tend to lean onto to better teams and second level players rather than a first level player, um, a prime option on a really bad team. Right. And if I were going to the flyers, I really kind of stop at Konechny and there are a lot of other players that I prefer to Konechny where he goes. So the well has been completely dry for me in that regard. Yeah, no, I'm absolutely with you there. You are up on the clock here and Nazem Kadri just went before you. What are you thinking here? So I was thinking about Kadri. I really wanted to, to cement a fourth center, um, but he went. I also was hopeful of uh, another stack with with a winger from from the Flames. Mm-hmm. Um, but I is it time? I'm gonna take. Oh, there you go. A bit of a reach. A bit of a reach here, I think. Um, but the possibility that that he gets absolutely prime deployment on the power play and just racks up points for for what I think should be a really, really bolstered offense in Detroit. Um, and it allows me to kind of move on positionally, having gotten a fourth defenseman. Um, and, you know, the chances that he is a, a, that I end up with four power play quarterbacks at defense is, I think, better than not. Mm-hmm. So I 
feel okay about it. It was a little, I was a little bit on tilt after seeing um, Kadri and, and Forsling go. So mm, it's okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't love it, but it, it felt, it felt okay. Yeah. It's one of those picks. I think that'll, that'll kind of benefit you moving forward. But again, it doesn't exactly feel good. Right. But still Shane Goss is in the 13th. I don't think that doesn't seem like a reach to me. Like there's, there's some options out there. Like I think you could probably compare Tony D'Angelo um, Luke Hughes, maybe even uh, Jake Sanderson. Like I think Goss Despair, if he gets power play one, he's gonna out he's gonna outperform those players. See, it's funny to me that uh, the other player that I was really considering at defense there was not on your list in Sean Dersey. So the Dersey Shore. Oh yeah, that that's an interesting situation there in Phoenix as well. I think there's so many defensemen, man. Uh, like you know, we got Moser, Dersey, Valamaki, and Dumba. I mean, Dumba's not going to be a threat for power play, but I don't know. Is, is Jersey a lock in your in your mind to that power play one? He has question marks actually defensively. Mm-hmm. So my assumption is that they're going to lean on him offensively, oh, having that glut of defense. So I think you're absolutely right. I mean, the possibilities are, are wide open. You know, obviously not Dumbo, but the possibilities are wide open as to what happens there. But mm-hmm. um, I just like Jersey yep. a lot. Yep. Um, so... The, the issue for me would be that he is not strong defensively at this point in his career, and um, maybe that's, you know, not what they need. So it's possible. It's possible. I feel better about Gustav's Bear, and that's that's why I tilted that direction. Yeah. I, so you go ahead. You're up here. I am going to go continue stacking, take David Perron, a dual-eligible winger, and get a Detroit stack as well. Very safe pick. I think Perron has is, is, is got one more really good year left in the tank here um, with an improved Detroit team. I don't know. And he's a power play beast, no question there. Let's see what happened here. Ooh, I would have liked that. Okay, so we'll talk about the 14th round here. Uh, we've been missing some picks, but that's fine. So Patrick Kane goes first pick of 14th round. Uh, Dawson Mercer, Sean Dursey, Adam Larson, the uh, peripheral king. David Perron, you took Luke Hughes goes next. I, I think that's reasonable value. I projected Hughes out for 40 points. That's maybe a bit bullish, like probably 30 to 40 points is, is kind of, you know, the, the benchmark there. And then Jacob Markstrom, probably my favorite zero G candidate this season uh, in the 14th yeah. round. I think it, that's that's insane value for Jacob Markstrom. And and uh, Optic Yami picked up Philip Gustafson two picks earlier. So that's a nice little uh, zero G strategy you got there. I love those two goalies for zero G. So you're, you're looking good. Um, I better start looking at some goalies here too, for God's sake. Oh, there's still so many. There's still so many beauties. Um, I love zero. I love uh, A and G drafts. Like zero G drafts is like, yeah, I'll just keep waiting. Like, you know, I, there's still some great options down here for me uh, for zero G. So I think I'm going to continue uh, just stack, stacking my offense here. Um, and I'm looking at, oh, um, I like, I, I want a still a top line uh, center slash winger and power play guy. And that's Robert Thomas. Like this guy, you know, in a category league, get the hell out of my sight. He should be on the, on the waiver wire for God's sake. Um, that's not true. He's better than that. But, uh, you know, in a points league, Robert Thomas in the 14th round, this guy gets 70 points, maybe more, right? He's locked into an insane contract. Uh, he's playing with Kyrou and I can't, I can't think of their center right now. Um, or he's the center, but, uh, yeah, I, I like myself some Robert Thomas. His name was Robert Thomas. Anybody see Fight Club? Um, so I'm going there. Again, that's a pick that's not – like I've picked Robert Thomas and Brock Nelson and on, uh, Anze Kopitar. Damn. 
this is the most boring team I've ever drafted in my life. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think Robert Thomas has some, he's got some offensive uh, headroom there and St. Louis was terrible. They were an active dumpster fire last season. So I think they will be a little bit better than that. I don't know where you at with the blues and Thomas in general, the blues. I'm not so excited about Robert Thomas, I think is, is an excellent play in the late portion of your draft dual eligible. Mm-hmm. You're getting a center. He is going to be a play driver no matter what happens yep. for the Blues. He's going to be part of it. So Uh-oh. I feel like you're going to have to overpay for Jordan Cairo. I feel like Braden Shen is a waiver wire candidate. and uh, But I am really, really in on Falk. And I think given, given a short list in these rounds, Robert Thomas is on it. He's not the top of it for me. I'm, I'm looking at players like, like Kadri, Chocek, Jenner, Saka, who just went off the board to Zach attack. Um, but I think Thomas is an okay pick. I think the the realm of possibility is is open, right? It, the, he could have a very good season. It's hard to get excited about a player that doesn't shoot. You know what I mean? Robert Thomas and Anze Kopitar too. Like, guys, like, <laughs> you know, whatever you need to do mentally to shift that, like pass it into the net. Pass it into the net really hard. Okay, can you try that? Um, I don't know what the hell's going on. Um, you know what? That I'm is gonna, quality you know, coaching. Exactly. Can you pass it? Into I need the you net? to pass it yeah. into the net. Just pass it hard. Over there. Yeah, just really hard in the top corner. I'm just think of it like a saucer yeah, pass. Sauce that. Um, all right, I'm going goalie. I've waited too long. Uh, well, no, I feel good. But Kemper, Anderson, both great zero G options. Bobrovsky, I'm not too excited about. I'm more excited about Jonas Corpusalo. And excited is not the right word, but um, yeah, it shouldn't. Yeah, be. no, but he to me, he's the number one there, right? Um, and Anton Forsberg is back and healthy, so it could be like a 60 40 situation. I don't think Corpusalo is going to be a workhorse by any means, right? But um, I do like the player, I like what he was able to do last season with LA in particular, and his numbers in Columbus last season were not terrible, right? This is a career backup, and he's getting the reins, he's got the contract, so and I like the team in front of him, obviously. Ottawa last season played a little bit of fire wagon hockey, which is not great for a goalie, but um, you know, you got a full season of Josh Norris, full season of Jacob Chikrin in there that should improve things. Um, and yeah, I, I, I like the, you know, for wins um, shots against like, yeah, Corpus is going to get the business. So it's, it's a good zero G play for me. I like it. I like it. I'm i uh, I'm a little bit higher on like three other goalies that are tending to go right here. Uh, I think Marstrom is a, a clear cut above yep. and I have drafted a lot of Freddie, although I have started to shy away from that. Um, just the more and more I read into the narrative is mm-hmm. that they're not going to take a lot of pucks on net. He is not assuredly going to get even 50% of the starts. And then in furtherance of that, how healthy is he going to be throughout the season? So the actual goalie, I really, really like, but, yeah. The team situation and his injury history is has kind of started to shy me away from him a bit. Yeah. No, it's so true. I mean, I wouldn't put it past Rod Brindamore to like play all three goalies all season long. Like, what the hell? Yeah. You know, like, let's just keep everybody fresh. Like, what what are you trying to do? <laughs> Win the Stanley Cup, buddy? Come on. All right. We got fantasy leagues to think about, you ding dong. All right. Go lift some weights. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Just do, you know, get your washboard abs out of here. All right. The hell. All right. No, we're not body shaming Rod Brindamore. All right. He's a beautiful man. All right, let's talk about what happened here in the 15th round. Uh, Ivan Barbashev goes, then Bobrovsky went. Pavel Zaka, I think, is a great pick in the 15th round. 
He's the Me last too. center standing in Boston, for God's sake. So he's going to get all the minutes unless they are able to pull off a trade or do something. So uh, And he's dual eligible as well. So that's a that's a really nice pick in the 15th round. I took Jonas Corposalo, then Thomas the Turtle Hurdle, and Jake Sanderson goes to Octopic Yami. I, I love that Jake Sanderson signing. I mean, it's 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 bold, right? But it reminds me very much of what they did in Buffalo with like Dylan Cousins and Tage Thompson, like just locking these guys up to term, you know, and – Obviously, it worked out with Tage Thompson. Cousins had a great year, but I think I also read uh, an interview about um, Sanderson from Brady Kachuk, and he was saying how key this guy is to their success, like how many, how much he does for the team. He's an underrated guy, and he's well-respected just as a rookie, right? So they locked him up. I think it's going to be a great player moving forward. I don't know where you at. I agree. I think the the ice time is a bit of a concern for me. I think the actual player is phenomenal, and, and they – brought him to do what they really need someone to do, which is actually play some damn defense. Block a shot. Woo! It's hot. It's a hot seat. (laughs) Um, One more stack. Oh, there you go. Okay, tell me about your pick here, Binks. You you took Brian Rust, the right winger from Pittsburgh. What do you you like out of Rust this year? You think he's going to bounce back, obviously. I like the bounce back possibility. I like the really late round stack for some for some top level forwards for for Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a possibility that he hits the power play, so I think there's a bunch of upside. And to be able to get him alongside Evgeny Malkin feels pretty good to me. Honestly, there are probably some other players that I would have gone with if I didn't panic pick, <laughs> but. Um, but my uh, queue got decimated around the turn after you took Robert Thomas. And uh, I got distracted because the Patriots scored two unanswered touchdowns going into halftime. Oh, so. Uh-oh. Binksy's on tilt, everybody. This is what it football, looks like. Yep. Football reared its ugly head, and I got distracted <laughs> and drafted Brian Rust. So if that's the worst thing that happens from from being distracted, then, then I think that's all right. Watch. It's going to be the pick of the season right there. Brian Rust, 80 points. Oh, my God. Just – Let's go. Incendiary. And you knew it all along. So that's nice. No, Gainreach. No. Uh oh. There we go. No. Yeah. You love that boy. Okay. Let's let's uh, just explain to the viewers and the listeners what happened here. Uh, Gainreach took Aiden Hill. All right. That's Binksy's boy. Oh, my God. That's who you're looking for. So now, what, where are you looking for? You're looking for a goalie here? I am looking for a goalie here. And I am going to go with Philip Gruauer. No competition. Great defensive team. Love it. I think it's going to be a really quality pick, and and somehow he seems to be one of the last goalies going in drafts if he even gets drafted. So I'm I'm big on it. I have another uh, a couple of goalies that I'm excited to be able to get in this range, but um, I think he probably would have gone. So yeah, I mean I like Seattle, but they are such a weird team, and I, I don't feel confident that they can repeat sort of their success that they had last year just simply because of the insane efficiency at even strength. Like that, that is due for some regression. I mean, you know, and I say it all the time, but to me, Seattle is playing money ball, right? They're just putting guys out there that do a certain thing, like, you know, and they're winning by committee, but you know, that it just gives me pause when a, when a team is so efficient, right. And they got players that are so efficient, like Jared McCann, um, you know, even Bjorkstrand, all those guys, like they're so efficient. Like that gives me pause that what happens if they don't stay that efficient, right. Um, you know, that, that even if they stay reasonable, but it still goes down a little bit at less output right so yeah yeah, that's where i'm at with grubauer i mean but he's the number one there and i you know 
they were great last year. So I think it's a great pick here in the 16th round. Oh my God. The creamy beefers ride again. We're up in the 16th round here and I got to focus up. Um, where are we at here? A 189. All right. You know what? I got to do it. I got to take my boy, Brock. Best. Yes. All right. We locked up a homer pick. Um, I feel good about this. To me, Besser's a 30 and 30 guy this season. And to get that in the 16th round, I, I just really feel confident that Besser is going to bounce back. So I'm happy with the pick. Uh, after I go Besser, it goes Jeff Petrie, that peripheral god. Matthias Ekholm goes Blake Wheeler. Um, great pick at the last pick on the 16th round. I think he's going to have some nice value this season here in New York. Carter Hart, Ryan Hartman, and then Seth Jarvis go, and I'm back on the clock. Oh, the Klingon's still there. Oh, get the hell out of my sight. No, we're not doing that. No? We're not, we're not doing that, JB. All right? I don't know. Oh, you're like it? Well, I'll save him for you. All right? That's Could work out. Your son Could Rip work is out. online toot. All right? No, we're not doing that. All right? I'm taking <laughs> I'm taking an upside play. Where are we at? Yeah, 17th. Okay, I'm going Yakovrana. Bang. Yeah. This guy, yeah, amazing metrics. I mean, I, I, I think he can get over 30 goals this year if he gets some ice time, right? If, if, if. But, I mean, Verona played well in his time in St. Louis. Like once he moved over here, he's out of that, you know, the player assistance program. Hopefully he's good to go and just have a full season, my man. I think he's a 30-goal threat, 17th round. Yes, please. I absolutely agree with that. I think Verona is serious upside possibility if things break the other way for mm -hmm. St. Louis. And the narrative has been so bad, but, you know, we should really, really highlight the fact that other than Tarasenko leaving, they're very much the same team that they were that that was a playoff contender, yep. right? That was a rough and tumble team. So, uh, you know, and they're going to get um, Perunovic as well. So, like, there's there's there are some 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 positive indicators in St. Louis, and Verona is absolutely where I want to pull the trigger and and take an upside bet. Yeah, there's some bits and pieces there. All right. Oh man, we're we're getting closer. Um, okay, so you took Grubauer with your last pick, and you know you got to get another goalie in one of these two picks. So what are you thinking here? So my plan was to take Hill and then Grubauer, but Hill went off the board, and I took Grubauer, and I think my next option will absolutely be there for me in the 18th. So I actually am going to take Klingberg because as much as he is the human turnstile and he does not play defense, <laughs> they did not bring him in to play defense. Right. They brought him in to play offense. Otherwise, why else bring him in? Yep. Right. So Riley, very consistent player, popped in the playoffs. The possibility that he carries the power play throughout the season is good, but we also saw him flail last season mm. on the power play yep. and get replaced at points. So I think Klingberg at the end of your draft is an excellent lottery pick to be a top level, top offensive, top power play that you paid absolutely nothing for in your draft. Yeah, even at the very least, 40 points. 40 points from a defenseman in the 17th round. I think, like, to me, they brought Klingberg in, yeah, like you said, for offense, not defense. I don't think he takes power play one. I think he's there as a as a um, insurance policy, right? So he's just okay. an option they can wheel in there, right? I think Riley's a lock for power play one. That's my thought. But this, obviously, Klingberg knows how to run a power play, and I just think they brought him in just 
for insurance, right? Riley's having an off time here. Klingberg jumps up there, no problem. But uh, so again, to your point, like I think 40 points is pretty damn reasonable for for the Klingon, John Klingberg. So um, let's talk about some of these picks that have happened here. So I took Verana, Vili Husso goes, Toivo Teravainen, interesting pick here. I mean, it can't get any worse for this guy, right? I think yeah, he'll probably bounce back. Anders Lee, you took the Klingon. Kirby Doc, John Gibson, Chandler Stevenson, Gabe Velarde goes. Adam Fantilli, nice pick. Um, I think, yeah, he could get 50 points. That's an 18th round pick, so I love it. Logan Thompson. Elvis Merzlikens was a guy I was looking for with my last goalie pick, so um, I think he's a great zero-G option. Wyatt Johnston. Tell me about Wyatt Johnston, my man. Actually, you're on the clock, so I want to hear about Wyatt Johnston after you make a pick. Well, it's for sure going to be a goalie. I have my eyes on Swayman, on Flower, on... Cam Talbot, uh, part of me wants to go with Akira Schmid because I think that's certainly possible. Um, and Jack Campbell, all on a short list. Mm-hmm. At this point in the draft, I feel really good about any one of those goalies to be a zero-to-hero candidate for you for the season. Yep. I am most recently going with Flurry most options, so I'm going to branch out a little bit and go with Cam Talbot. That's interesting, yeah, because uh, in my mind, Talbot is the 1B there. I think Copley's the man. So tell me what you like about Talbot. Well, I like the opportunity cost for Talbot, right? I think that Flurry is the 1A, whereas people keep going to Gustafson mm-hmm. uh, as the 1A. I think that Swayman is a really, really quality 1B, but but Allmark at least has the reins to lead out on the season. I think they're going to give him a really long leash after winning yep. a trophy last year. So I feel fine about any of those picks. Jack Campbell, the soup is is the most worrisome. I feel like this is the season where they start to lean on Skinner. Skinner got enough enough time on ice last year yep. to really like get comfortable. And not only that, but Campbell had some really bad stretches. So in in these battles, I feel like Copley is the most likely to completely um, secede from options, mm-hmm. right? Like I feel like they brought in um, in Talbot to be the number one, and all it takes is Copley faltering just a little bit. And as we have absolutely seen, Copley can and will do that. Yeah. So I feel but, absolutely fine about yeah. in a droppable round taking Talbot as an upside option there. Yeah. I think they're both options. I've been taking Copley at that spot, but I mean, yeah, it's it's potato potato at that point. All right, I got 10 seconds left. I gotta go. Oh no, what am I doing? I'm taking Carl, the veggie man, uh Vimelka. Yeah, this is an interesting zero G pick. I've uh, full disclosure, in all my drafts so far, I have, you know, I haven't had to take a goalie with my last pick. All right, that's nice. We drafted everybody. It feels good. Um, that's uh, that's a long bit of applause. All right, so uh, let's take a look here. So I took Vimelka, who I, I, I think Arizona's going to be better. They're obviously, you know, I wanted a starter there. I wanted a volume starter, and I think Vimelka is, for one more year at least, I think he's going to be the volume starter there. I like Connor Ingram as well. Um, but yeah, I like Vimelka there and I like a little bit of a, a little bit of an uptick with the Arizona Coyotes. Pacioretty goes next. That's a great last pick, Dylan Strom and then Barrett Hayton. So yeah, some, just some really interesting stuff. This was a good draft. Um, this one more than the other drafts, I feel like I I was on my toes, right? Like my picks were getting sniped and I was having to kind of pivot a lot. I don't know. How did you feel about this draft as a whole? (sighs) 
I have drafted in the seven to nine slot a lot. So I am, I am very comfortable in this draft slot. Mm -hmm. Um, What has really kind of become very apparent and I, and I talked about it a little bit earlier in the draft is that if you're in the first five picks, your team is going to be heavily weighted towards centers and defensemen. And if you're in the last five, the last seven picks, it's going to be heavily weighted toward wingers. And I have a really cemented idea in what I believe to be the best options throughout the season. And I feel absolutely great about who I am getting past the six mark. Like the, the hardest parts of, of drafts for me have been the five and six round mm. because of that kind of merger of these two roster building strategies and, how it changes draft to draft like the first four picks i'm i'm really confident about who i'm getting and where i'm going to get them and how to build the rest of the team around that and the same being true of the end of the draft but mm. and the middle of the draft is yeah. so so muddy so um for for us to bookend at 4 and 8 and be able to really like really track the picks in between there was really helpful for me yeah, no, this was awesome. I, I love the way you draft, my man. You got a lot of uh, just a, a really good thought process there. So that's that's gonna be so helpful just for for people to hear. Because yeah, this this man's a savant. All right, I'm just out here just winging it. Binksy's got he's got spreadsheets and stuff. So there you go. Um, but buddy, tell me about your team uh, really quick because I want to go over your team, go over my team, and then uh, yeah, we'll call it a day. But uh, um, I like what you got here. Tell me maybe tell me about your team and tell me about uh, picks you liked and picks you didn't. So the first four picks for me, really, really strong, 300-point potential players, um, and then an 80-point defenseman potentially in, in Bouchard and, and Wierenski into the next round. I got excellent stacks all the way through the ninth round and then started branching out a little bit post-tenth uh, round, starting with Seth Jones, moving into Chicago and Ottawa and Detroit, mm-hmm. and uh, the players that that I think have the potential to pop in, in a less than, than enviable environment. Um, I went a little bit later in, in my goalie strategy uh, in this draft, being that it's a mock and I have uh, absolutely nothing to lose. Um, normally I would go somewhere around 12 or 13 and, and get a player that I feel really, really good about um, the likes of Markstrom, Kemper, uh, Bobrovsky, et cetera. So for those of you out there looking for a line of demarcation for, for your goalie and in zero G options, uh, I feel like 10 kind of was the initial benchmark and, and 11 and 12 have become that, that round for me. So, um, overall the team, I feel really, really good about, I have some, some little bit bigger lotto tickets than I, than I feel mm-hmm. great about with, with leaning heavily into Columbus, but, uh, as many times as we've all bet on Columbus to be better, I feel like there's as good a chance as any this year. Yeah, I'm so with you on that. I think um, I'm, I was excited about Columbus last year and, you know, shame on me. All right. And I'm excited about them again. Right. So I think it, it has to be better. Right. That that that's, that team. That's me with Detroit. Okay, yeah. Well, both those teams, I think, should should improve. Like, I like, you know, to bring it in there, I think is great. And another year of development for Cider. And they've got some really good young uh, guys coming up here. Like, Simon Edvinson is a player I really like. And get me Elmer Soderblom, all right? You remember talking about him in our first ever episode together? I talked about Indeed. Elmer Soderblom, all right? And I'm going to pump this man's tires all year. Get this guy on the freaking ice, all right? He's, he's like, you know, seven feet tall. He's amazing. Um, but yeah, no, I love, uh, I, I like, uh, the team you picked here and I think, um, 
Columbus for sure. Patrick Line is a guy who's been falling big time. So I like that. And I like your stacking strategy. That's something I don't normally, uh, I don't look to do it over other picks. Like, um, so, but I like that you did. And um, I would be really interested to see kind of how that plays out. You know what I mean? Like, I'll make sure I'll be looking at that for all my leagues this year, right? Like, as an, as an extension to that, um, if you are looking into stacking strategies, and I, I didn't employ that um, and popping back and forth in spreadsheets in this draft, but if you are stacking and you're building your, your lineups in that kind of hopefully optimal way, make sure that you are checking your schedule overlap mm-hmm. and you don't choose to stack teams that are going to be playing on the same nights over and over and over again because as much as stacking can work for you it can also really really hinder hinder your lineup optimization if you stack two teams that play all of their games on the same nights yep. all season long yeah you got guys on the bench all day so that's that's showing no good but i love that so i'll give you a quick rundown of my team i'm i i don't even know how i feel about this team i'm looking at the players and yeah, I've, I've got guys here that I don't normally target. So that that's interesting, right? And that kind of says to me, like, first off, that just the 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 level of the drafters here, it was uh, it was a good draft. I was making good decisions. I got sniped like four times straight up, like right before my pick. So that sucks, but that happens, right? Um, so Zach Attack, I'm looking at you, buddy. Get the hell out of my sight. All right, the creamy beefers. All right, we, we, we're petty. We hold grudges, all right? But anyways, uh, so I got uh, McKinnon at four. I love that. Um, we had a good discussion about Dougie Hamilton, so I think he's in that tier of defensemen. Dougie Hamilton, Rasmus Sandin, even Carlson, Heiskanen, they're kind of in the same area, in my opinion. I just like the I like the goals for Dougie. Big Dougie, I think there's some opportunity there. Stamkos, hints, I love that. You know, So again, my first my first five picks, I'm really happy with. Marshawn in the fifth, we had a nice conversation about that as well. I do think that that's value. I think he's going he's gonna, to um, outperform that mark in the season. And then uh, things just went interesting. I, I think I reached a little bit for Ehlers and which is fine. Cause you know, but he's going to need that deployment. Like this is a 16 minute man with Rick bonus, right? Get him out there for 18 minimum and power play one and do it now. All right. We want to see what Nikolaj can do. Um, I locked up Hedman and Dobson. So I've, I've got in, in terms of my defenseman, I think I've got four power play one quarterbacks um, and Hedman is, you know, that's contentious, right? Cause it could be Sergeyev. We don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Dobson, Hedman, uh, Hamilton, and I got Gustav Forsling really late, which I love that pick. I think Forsling is going to be major value this season. Um, and I think you should definitely take a ride and reach a little bit if you have to. His ADP here was 165. I took him at like 146 or something. So I think I think he's going to outperform that as well, just based on the boost that he's going to get at the beginning. But yeah, Troy Terry was a bit of a reach, but a great points league player. Kopitar, I, he's been falling to me everywhere. Basically in every best ball draft, I have Kopitar. <laughs> because he's getting to me at like 140 or something like that. That's insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. We talked about Tarasenko, Brock Nelson, grumpiest man on earth. Um, yeah. And uh, I like my goalies here. Um, you know, Corpus Olive, Amelka. I mean, like is a strong word as well. I don't know. Um, this is straight zero G, right? Like if I had to drop either one of these guys, no problem. Get the hell out of my sight, right? You know, I could pick up Anton Forsberg who wasn't drafted here. Like, you know, if that's not working or even Connor Ingram or any any of these other guys that kind of come out of the woodworks, you know, like. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I haven't ever seen Bennington be drafted and he's a virtual guarantee yeah. to start 60, 65 games, yeah. right? Workhorse. So. Yeah. Um, so and even what's going on in Buffalo, like people are taking Devin Levi. That's nice. But UPL could get the starts there. 
he could get the main yeah. starts. Eric Comrie, right? I've been calling him Mike Comrie on on, on the, the pod here. I got called out for yeah. that. So shout out to Mike Comrie and Eric Comrie. All right, Mike and Eric. I'm, I'm paranoid that I'm doing it too now. Oh, buddy, I'm sure there's so many. Uh, but I actually love getting called out on that because I'm going to make it like a, a meme. You know what I mean? So so Eric Comrie now is Mike Comrie. All right, moving forward. If I'm talking about Mike Comrie, you know I'm talking about Eric Comrie. All right, but uh, um, I do like UPL as like a potential. Like that's someone I'm watching. Um, yeah. as the season starts, right? Because people are taking Levi. They're not taking UPL. UPL uh, was was great in his own right last season, right? And Buffalo, I think they're a playoff team this year. So Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But it's fun. That was a really good draft. I don't know. Points leagues. Like, well, First off, what, what do you like playing better, Binksy? Do you like points or cats? I like cats and I like wide format categories. I like to I like to play the whole game um, yep. and, and get crazy with it. Uh, if, if I'm playing in a points format, I really want it to be like a very, very tight format, like a cupful. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so it, we were talking offline here. So you're in about five leagues, you said five, yeah, maybe six with the new listener league here. Maybe six, honestly, with, with football season and all the drafts and wrapping up baseball season, I don't, my entire life is on fantasy apps. So I'm not even sure how many, how many leagues I'm in per sport. Buddy, we're the normal ones, all right? Everybody else not yeah. playing fantasy sports, what are you doing? Come on. All right, this is, a, this is a lovely hobby. It's good, clean, fun. Am I right, Banksy? Absolutely. Buddy, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate your time, Banksy. That's awesome. Um, you got to check out um, Josh and John are doing some insane division previews. You got to get in there and check this stuff out. This, this information is vital. And those are coming on Thursdays. Is that right, John? That's right. We're going to record another one uh, this coming Wednesday. Yeah, this is must-listen stuff. you got to check it out if you want to win your leagues. No question about it. Book it. Get in there, all right? Um, and John is at Binklemania on Twitter slash X. He's been using Brand X. Binksy, have you been using Brand X? A little bit less since the, the name change, actually. I don't think it had anything to do with the name change. But. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, you're, you're like, no, X, no, I'm out. I'm, I'm getting the hell nah, out of here. But Twitter, I'm I mean, good. who let that fly too? Like Twitter, tweets, birds? Well, how did this, you know, what, what are we doing here? X is probably better. If it came out with X first, you'd be like, all right, that's nice. But now that it's X, you're like, this, this is stupid. Um, it always reminds <laughs> me of um, um, that Nintendo game, Kung Fu. Uh, Mr. X was the bad guy in that. I've mentioned this before. Okay. And I'm going to do it again. Yeah. All right. You're, did you play Nintendo, Binksy? I did a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I know you're a young man. I'm, I'm born in born in '86, so okay. a little bit in Nintendo. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah. You're my wife's age. I was born in '80. All right. So you you got you got a little bit of Nintendo in there. You're probably more of a Super Nintendo guy. So there you go. Very much so. Yeah. All right. But that's it. I digressed. Binksy, thank you so much for your time, and thank you all for listening. Hope this brought you some value. Um, we got lots more content coming up, so you got to check that out. The Apples and Genos feed. Get your biscuits in there. But that's it, everybody. Celebrate your day. Bye for now. A rational explanation is hardly necessary.